Welcome to Rebecca Neal, the podcast where I, Rebecca, your host, share thought-provoking episodes with you to help you take your life from where it is now to where you want it to be. I have a huge desire and passion to help people just like you get out of their own way and start living the life that they deserve. I'm here to help you feel empowered, educated, and inspired to get into massive action and create change in your life today. Join me weekly as I share insights into the online business world, social media, and many other motivational topics, and also interview some of the world's most incredible humans to help you become the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome back to Rebecca Neal, the podcast. We have the most beautiful woman on the show today and the woman behind Nicole Joy Inspire is Nicole, who is an entrepreneur in every sense of the word, a former school teacher. Her experience includes successfully designing her own jewelry line, establishing her own sleepwear label and publishing two cookbooks to hosting her own podcast, Becoming a Mum, and recently launching Unlocked Creative Workshops and Retreats for Women Across Australia. She has overcome an eating disorder and fertility challenges, and her raw and real way of authentically engaging with her community is her superpower, and she is one to definitely tune into. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Oh, how's that for an intro? Thank you so much, Beck. It's so cool. I love reading people's bios to them because I think, and I'm sure you can relate, we we don't give ourselves enough credit for the things that we've done because, you know, we might think it's a bit egotistical too, or we don't actually look at how far we've come sometimes. Mm, we're not very good at tooting our own horns, right? That's it. <laughs> so, I've gotten better at it. <laughs> yes. And, and it's all about growth, right? I think it's important mm-hmm. sometimes to find that balance between sharing our successes and our wins and, you know, staying humble at the same time. Yes, definitely. So the first question I'm going to ask you is the one I always ask my guests, and that is how do you drink your coffee? Okay, I would have always said coconut milk flat white. However, I've just discovered oat milk and it's amazing. So I'm all for the oat milk latte flat white. I'm, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into, my husband has like double strengths long blacks. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not me. I need the milk. (laughs) Creaminess in my life. Yes, definitely. Oat milk is actually amazing. And I think if anyone is looking to change from dairy, um, oat milk seems to be the one that's similar because it's super creamy. And I was just about to say that. Yeah, it's still thick, full-bodied creamy. It's not like, you know, let's face it, coconut milk and almond milk is pretty much water. So (laughs) a bunch of Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love that. So I'd love for you to share, I know I just shared a little bit about you in the intro, but I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story, you know, Nicole Nicole Joy and where it all began for you before we dive into the juicy goodies of today's show, because we've had some beautiful conversations and some really in-depth conversations over the last few months. And I'm so excited to have you on, but where did it all begin for you? And, you know, you've achieved quite a number of things there. Uh, so I'm a, as you can see or hear, I am a bit of a jack of all trades. I I definitely missed that gene where you just stay in one job even if you're unhappy with it. <laughs> I I have tried my hand at so many different things, learnt an absolute shit. To, oh, am I allowed to swear? Sorry. You can swear. I can swear. Okay, good. Absolute shit ton along the way, and oh gosh, I I think I grew up always thinking that I wanted to become a teacher. 
But when I went to university and did my first crack, I was like, "Mm, no, do not want to be a teacher. However, I did stick it out then because uh, mum paid for a university degree for me and there was a bit of that um, guilt and obligatory nature of continuing on. And, look, I had some some good days, I guess, during teaching, but out of, you know, I think I taught for over 10 years. I mean, it just wasn't me being caged in those four walls in a classroom and sticking to a curriculum that is so freaking outdated. Half of it doesn't even need to be taught. I was like, get, you know, get me out of here. I mean, I did teach PE in Italian, which was awesome. Um, but you still, I mean, school politics, any teachers listening to this will be nodding going, mm-hmm. it's not the kids. It's the, it's the, yeah, it's the, it's the policies of the, the staff rooms and the heads of department and the and the principles and, you know, all the shit that you have to actually stick to. And so it was very not me. And um, so I I think the big turning point for me, I guess, for my foray into let's just say wellness, I know that's a very loaded word but and very, well, there's so many different meanings to it, but I was basically in a position where I had an investor ready to come on board for Frankie and Nicole, which was my sleepwear label. And I remember having this conversation with my brother who was like, you realise if you say yes to this, they want to see money. Like this is, you need to make this work. You can't just like, because, you know, they're kind of used to me going, oh, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. He's like, you can't just drop out of this after a few months if it's not working. Like there's a big responsibility. And I was sitting, I remember sitting on my couch in my, in my office just going, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. But what do you mean I don't want to do this? I've been working for the last three years trying to get an investor. That was my whole thing because I was all, you know, it was all just done by me. I was doing everything by myself, all came out of my own pockets, the marketing, the designing, everything, liaising with wholesalers, you name it. And when you start up your own business, you normally do wear a million different hats. So this was no exception, but it was like every single cell in my body was like, do not do this. So, yeah, then I, I, I rang the guy up and was like, no, I don't want to proceed. And then I, I don't know, I think I cried for like a month going, what the hell did I just do? And then I became a Pilates instructor, as you do. I just went and did a Pilates instructing course, which then led me on my journey to raw foods and the publishing of my cookbooks. And in between, it's funny how things all just, you know, if you look back, you know, that that saying about looking back, you can always connect the dots. And yeah. it, it was it was funny because that was, how old was I then? I was... Um, I think early 20s and I, that was around the time that I started, uh, yeah, disordered eating first off and then it just turned into bulimia. I, and I was a bit later. I know that that can often uh, occur with sort of teenage girls and a bit younger. I guess there's no age limit on it really, but I was in my sort of mid, I think, yeah, early to mid 20s and I, I got this obsession with being a certain amount of kilograms. 58 was my magic number. And, of course, when I got to 58, I wanted to be 57 because um, it's never about the number, right? And I employed all kinds of different strategies to get there, the, the, I guess the popular one being not eating much. And then because you obviously you can't sustain not eating much, so then you blow out and you eat like as much as a footballer and then you make yourself sick and do that on repeat. And I remember one day being surrounded by, you know, lolly packets, chip packets, whatever, junk food really. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't keep doing this to myself. And I, that's when I run the Butterfly Foundation and I got pointed to a couple of different psychologists. And, look, I went along to these appointments really wanting to change, but 
I don't know if anyone's had an experience similar before. It it was so, oh, I can't even think of the word. It was just soulless. It was like sitting in, again, like in a classroom, four white walls, somebody sitting there with a notepad going, so tell me how you feel. Now, I think you should go and read this. I remember giving me this stack of, it was like textbooks and papers. You should read all this and then come back and make an appointment. I'm like, are you hearing me? Do you, like, are you listening to why I'm feeling like I need to put my body through this in the first place. There was, and I'm not saying all psychologists are like that, of course, disclaimer there, but the ones that I had the experience with were. And so I was like, this is not going to work for me. Um, this whole look, I mean, everyone that knows me too is I'm a black sheep. I'm a bit of a hippie of the family. I don't do mainstream medical stuff. It has its place, obviously, and we'll get to that because I did IVF, so I kind of needed it then. So it's not a dig at that, but in terms of, in in terms of of what's the word like looking after or, or getting to the root of a cause, I, I don't believe Western medicine does that. They're very good at Band-Aid solutions. And, of course, this is not every every single practitioner. It's the majority, in my opinion, and from what I've seen. Um, so I was like, this, this lady just wants, she's not listening to why I feel like this in the first place, basically. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the whole holistic side of things, right? Holistic, exactly. The body doesn't work as, it's not separated. You know, the emotional body is as important as the physical body and the spiritual body. And like, it all works together. You can't just look at your food without looking at your lifestyle, without looking at your environment, without, you know, what's going on mentally for it. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. You have to look at all different parts. So, and everyone's so unique as well. Like everybody's mm. is different. Everybody's lifestyle is different. Like there's no one size that fits all for everyone. hundred percent. You can't just slap on, you can't just slap on a, a medical thing and go, it's going to work for every. Like it just, it blows my mind that people think that we are so unique. You know, there's that bio-individuality at play where every single one of us yeah, just the way that our body responds to things, the environment that it's in, it, it's just, I mean, it's a mammoth topic, you know, one that I'm putting my hand up, I, I'm not an expert in any way, shape or form, but to me that's just common sense. So doing like a, a standard approach to, to everyone for having the same symptoms is, is just ludicrous. So anyway, could go on about that forever, but I won't. So <laughs> then you know, I, I got introduced to the concept of intuitive eating and I worked with a, she was a holistic therapist um, and it was life-changing for me. And at first it was really challenging because she's like, what does your body feel like eating? I'm like, what do you mean? What is my, what am I going to sit in front of the fridge and say, hey, body, what, what do you want to eat? And she'd be like, yeah, that's actually what you do. And the concept was so foreign to me because I had spent however many years following diets. Like I used to Google what's Miranda Kerr's diet, what's Jennifer Hawkins' diet, what's Megan Gale's diet, as if I could just eat exactly what they eat and do what they do and, and look like them. Like that's how, and I know a lot of women and girls still think that that's the way, you know. So I had, I'd spent so much time trying to follow a, a prescription, if you like, and it, you know, clearly didn't work. So you know, here's this lady going, ask your body what it needs. And and when I started really delving into that and listening, because we've got that voice, that voice is never gone. It's just drowned out. Um, and yeah, so that was my foray into having like raw desserts and all that kind of thing, which led me to publishing my first book. And then I went to the second one. I had my um, online essential oil business. So really, you know, I was teaching Pilates. I was running retreats. I was 
really in the thick of the wellness space, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and then, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but then that obviously, then my, my journey to becoming a mum was not a smooth one. It was a five year journey. And that's kind of been the catalyst for this next phase of my life as well. Love that. Um, You know what? It's so interesting to hear people's journeys. You know, it might seem like not a lot, but, or not that relevant or important to people, but the journey tells you everything. And I know for me, I look back at all the odd bits and pieces I did and how it all slots in. Like you said, it all mm. connects together to where you've landed right now. And being like that teacher figure, you are an educator in different ways. Yeah. It's just that you chose the wrong type of path or not wrong, Mm. but wrong type for you, let's say. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You thought that was the way, you know? Mm, I thought that was the way that I could, I guess, influence and inspire people in a, in a positive way. And, and you're right, I do think of myself as an educator and a teacher now just in a, a hell of a lot of a different form, you know? It's completely exactly. different. Exactly. So I guess, you know, now predominantly I guess you're a mom and you've had a bit of a journey once, you know, getting there but also now going through to being where you're at right now. So, I mean, what's it like being a new mama for those who are listening? What was the journey like to get to being a mom, you know, and to where you are now? Mm, it's a long one. It was a heartbreaking one. I, I wanted to give up many times. Um, and I, I, I think when I actually did give up is when, Of course, when you surrender is when things started to play out. Not to say I gave up and then I got pregnant. That's definitely not how it worked. But so, you know, we'd been trying and nothing was happening and we then went the natural way. You know, we went herbs, green juices, tinctures, potions, you know, all the things. Still nothing happening. You know, that was like, I don't know, three years in. And then um, I... I wanted to quit. I got really, I, I, think, I thought it wasn't fair. I'm like seeing all these people. And I know, full disclaimer, this sounds very judgy, but I was seeing people that didn't even want kids or people that couldn't even look after the kids that they had mm. getting pregnant. And I would I would yell, in the, not at them, I never did that, but I would get in the car. <laughs> and I'd be, crazy woman. <laughs> crazy woman yelling at pregnant up. people. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'd get in the car and I'd be like, why? Why the fuck is she allowed to get pregnant and I can't? Or like I remember seeing something about um, babies born into refugees camp and I'm like, if there is a God, why the hell would you let that baby be born into that horror when you won't let me get pregnant? Like the rage was real like I was so angry I didn't go to baby showers I would just get upset seeing pregnant people and it was really hard because it was at that time that all the closest people to me were falling pregnant and it was it almost robbed me of my ability to be really happy for them and of course I was but it it came with like it'd be like yeah I'm happy but then someone just kicked me in the guts because it's just reminded me of what I can't have and it was so tough like my brother my best friends and I'm like this is just not fair and you know and this is this is after three years of giving it a crack of all the different ways and I just went that's it I'm I'm no we're not having we're not having babies like I've got my dog um I I I mean I still am a fur mama and he is my firstborn my my nobby um and I I just I did I gave up I remember one night and this was Oh God, it just gives me chills just thinking about it. I um I started writing a letter to 
my unborn baby. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I can't be your mum because it's not going to happen. And I just, I, I think I wrote like maybe the first line. I was just like, I'm sorry, like who, because I knew, I knew there was, there was a soul there waiting to come, but I'm like, I don't think it's going to happen in this lifetime. And I started to say, I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen. And I lost it. Like I cried, like, oh, it was like, even my heart now is just going, oh, like it was such a profoundly low experience. But of course, when you go so low, there's only one way to go, right? And then all of a sudden I was like, no, no, I am going to have this baby. And at that time we'd been told, look, the only way is for IVF. And I was like, I don't want to do IVF. You know, I had all these preconceptions about IVF being terrible, blah, blah, blah. And uh, not long after that where I kind of went, you know what, I could, we're gonna, it's going to happen. We went to Hawaii and I was reading this book and I've spoken about this a lot of times but I just feel like this book is everything. It, cha- it def- certainly changed my trajectory and that is Anita Morjani's Dying to Be Me. I don't know if you've read it or not but it's oh, such a powerful book and I'll try to do it justice Well, the part that really had an impact on me and it was this um, so she basically, cut a long story short, she had a near-death experience. She was riddled with cancer the size of lemons basically and, you know, been given weeks to live. She was in hospital, had the near-death experience, you know, did whatever near-death experiences do and then came back and was like, right, I'm getting better. And within I think it was six weeks, cancer-free. Like the doctors were like, what the actual hell? What, how is this possible? And I remember this part of the book, where after she had her near-death experience, she came back and obviously that she was hooked up to all sorts of medications and things like that because that's what happens when, you, when you've got cancer. And she looked up and she remembers seeing the, you know, like the, um, it's like the, the symbol for poison. It's like a skull with a cross or something. And she remembers looking at that and thinking, oh, yeah, whatever, and making that comparison to if she would have seen that beforehand, she would have been like, oh, my God, they're pumping more chemicals into me. You know, it's that whole mindset around what goes into your body and when I read that and the way she went oh yeah they're just doing what they need to do I was like oh that's what I can do about IVF like it doesn't have to be this big scary you know concoction of hormones that's going to kill me or harm my baby like clearly that wasn't going to happen but I had that in my head you know it wasn't natural blah 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 and so I read that I just went I remember we were sitting on the north shore of Hawaii and I went I remember slapping the book shut and went Right, I was going to do IVF when I get back. My hubby's like, uh, okay, because he was incredibly supportive. He was like, you know, whenever you're ready, whatever you want to do, like it was basically on my terms, bless him. And, yeah, and we did. We came, we came back home and we started the process and a few months later I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say that to be like, oh, look how easy it was for me because obviously there was quite the journey, you know, from the, the, from the time we started trying to the time we found out. I was pregnant with Lucia. Um, it was five years almost to the day. Wow. Yeah. So. What a beautiful story. And do mm. you think that, because I know I definitely relate to the whole, oh, my gosh, the chemicals and it's going mm. okay. And, mm. you know, I totally love that you shared that because that's a really cool practical thing that people can implement in many different ways into their life because we do, we especially when we care about holistic health and we're conscious mm-hmm. of things we're thinking about all the different things right and so it's a really beautiful way to look at it so I think that book will be really relevant to some people do you yeah. think that 
Do you know intuitively or do you think you know why it sort of went down that path for you? Do you think there were some lessons for you to learn around IVF? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge. It, it, it's mindset. And she, like I, I spoke about um, when I was, because obviously with IVF you have to inject yourself and you, you're injecting yourself I was a couple of weeks, I think. And I never referred to them as my injections. I referred, them, referred to them as my baby-making lollies. I would make a big deal out of it. I would have my essential oils diffusing. I'd be like, come on, babe, let's make a baby. And we'd come in and he'd sit there and help me, you know, because I had to, I had to change that whole narrative around what I was doing. I wasn't injecting shitty chemicals into my body. I was making a baby. And it looked very different to how I thought it would. But that's what you have to do. And, and Anita spoke about it in her book. She's like, it's very different when you're trying to be healthy from a place of fear versus being healthy for the sake of being healthy. And what I mean by that is like, you know, you've got all these people going, oh, I'm not going to touch alcohol. Imagine that in my body. Or I'm not going to have a gram of sugar because do you know what that does to your body? You know, the, like everything's out of fear. You know, it's, it's very different to, and the thing is a lot of in my experience and from, you know, I know this is anecdotally, there's no big study about it, but so many people that I know that are so shit scared about putting shit into their bodies are the ones that get sick because th- there's just this emotional tur- turmoil and charge around, heaven forbid, having chocolate or having a wine or having a pizza or do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And it's all that perception like coming from a place of love rather than fear yeah because I love myself not because I'm afraid or not because exactly like like exercise I'm exercising because I love my body not because I hate it and want to change it there's two very different operating systems happening there and the first one is not a good place to be in yeah so powerful and I just got little goosebumps listening to that so that's a really beautiful story thank you for sharing with us you're welcome so something that I know you have spoken about before is that and it happens often is that new mums lose themselves, right? And so I'd love you to share on what that looks like and your story around what happened for you when you did eventually have your baby. Mm, they sure do. I experienced that firsthand, as most mums do. I don't. It, I feel like it would be hard not to, because you go from being your life is all about you, and then it's all about another human being, which you know kind of important you've got to keep them alive they are very dependent (laughs) um and I about five months I think it was five months in I remember googling how do you know if you've got postnatal depression that's that right there's a big sign um then I I remember doing the questionnaire and I I scored quite highly in, in in the questionnaire said and this was you know it wasn't just a random questionnaire it was from the I can't remember exactly mental health institutional I don't know something that's I know that sounds really bad because I don't know the name of it but it was a, a proper official one anyway so it had a high score so I was like oh okay I better go and see someone and I went and saw I just wanted to see someone to get the um the mental health referral plan so I could go and see a psychologist because I had a psychologist who I'd seen who is brilliant I had interviewed her on my podcast she's amazing Dr Libby and I went to this just a random doctor just to get that and she was straight away she was like well, do you want antidepressants I was like didn't know a thing about me never met me Crazy. and I, again I just went I know that's not everyone's experience but that is a problem to me antidepressants have a time and a place for sure but just to just dish them out to someone she'd never met had no idea about my medical history or anything I was like no thanks I just want the 
referral plan. I'm not saying that they don't have a place because everyone's different, but I just found that so wrong for it's me not anyway. The whole picture is it? Like it's no. part of it, and like you said, there was no extra add-on like to go and talk to someone at the same time. No, go pump yourself these no. drugs and numb yourself. Yeah, sometimes you need that in the process of talking. Of course, like you do. The rest of the questions, it's really yeah. Like, I know exactly what that's like. I've been yeah. to doctors for I don't know what I went there for. It was something. It was very mundane, and they were like, "Do you need anything else while you're here? Is there any scripts you need?" And I was like. Mm. <laughs> yeah no no I'm fine thank you very much yeah anything <laughs> yeah it's crazy so I was like no thanks I just I need to talk to someone and you know as a an add-on to that I knew that I wasn't doing the things like the basics that would help me feel better I like I mean I'd stop using my oils which are like a daily thing for me I wasn't exercising my eating had gone to shit because obviously I was looking after a, a baby and I just didn't have those you know I wasn't doing my cook-ups on one day a week or I wasn't asking for help I was trying to do it mm. all and I'd also gone through the 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 um very emotional journey of not being able to breastfeed and that was that you know that took me a good I want to say year into being a mum to really find peace around because I was really blaming myself for that I was like well I can't believe I wasn't being able to do that you know first I couldn't fall pregnant then I couldn't breastfeed so that was a whole I mean that's that that story is a story in itself you know so I had that and then obviously not doing all the basics to look after myself and yeah so I um that was, yeah, as I said, around five, five-ish months and then I, you know, went and saw my naturopath who was like, no wonder you feel shit. Your levels are all over the place. My hormones were all over the place. My B levels were pretty much non-existent. Like everything was, you know, really low. So I was under the guidance of an amazing psychologist, an amazing naturopath and taking responsibility and doing the things that I know helped me. I, I saw a shift, you know, within within about a month. I felt like a different person and, and again, I know that's not everyone's experience, but I really encourage people to, to go there first, like have a, or not go do what I did first, but have that holistic approach. What are the things that I can be doing? Because, hey, we're all adults here and even though we might be feeling shit, we still have to make that choice to show up for ourselves. And I know it's really hard and challenging when you're looking after a baby, but, hey, the baby's not going to be great if you're not great, you know? Like you have to look after yourself first and really encourage people to look at the whole picture what you're eating what you're moving your body like what you're filling your head with you know the the company you keep like it all plays such an important role and you know mothers now we, we don't have the village that we once had we, and we're trying to do everything that the village used to do for us and then obviously you're going to fail because one person can't do the job of 100 and then you beat yourself up and you feel like shit what kind of mother am I that I can't get dinner on the table and I can't have a clean house and I can't breastfeed like I had so much shit going on that I you know and that's what a lot of my psychology stuff was about was really like letting go of that guilt you've it, it serves no one least of all you um so yeah I, I really did sort of dip in and out and the other thing that I did too and I'd love to give this as a tip for other mums who might be in a similar situation I um I got onto Lucia's sleep like at the six to eight week mark because I was like I, I can't do I've, I've seen mums that go I haven't slept for four years I'm like I'm, I'm sorry but I can't do that <laughs> so Again, I interviewed this amazing lady, Michelle Jackson, on my podcast. She's, I call her the baby whisperer. She just 
there was, she's just incredible. Like there was no sleep training of, I'm doing the air quotes here, like letting her cry it out or anything like that. No, you know, if you did do that, that's fine. But for me, I was like, I'm not doing that, but I wanted, I need to get her into some kind of routine. So I had a great sleeper, like from eight weeks and she would sleep so much that I'd be like, well, I can work. So I threw myself back into work straight away, like two months after having a baby. And I really do believe that that attributed to some of that PND because I never stopped. I didn't stop to just soak up the fact that I just made a human being. And I was like, I think I released a range of bloody T-shirts two or three months <laughs> ago. Like I just, I just jumped straight back into it. And I think so at that five, six month mark, I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, burnout, 100%. So if you've got the luxury and it is a luxury to be able to stay at home and don't blow it you know what I mean like Mm. your babies are so little for such a small chunk of time like I look at her now she's nearly two like what the hell so yeah I I really went up and down there because I addressed it at that five or six month mark but then I felt like I didn't go back to the PND stage at all, but then I just felt like everything I was doing was mom, mom, mom. Just you're like, all you do is being a mom. And you know what? We were, we were independent women with hopes, dreams, desires before we became a mom. And we, and that part of us, I believe still needs to be nourished. Of course, you don't just forget your responsibilities as a mom, but there needs to be an escape or not escape that's not a right that's not the right word there needs to be an avenue for you to pursue those things that are just so unique to you free from the mama title you know whether it's like I'm again hubby's amazing like when our thing in the morning like I need to do my meditation journaling like like that is my my medicine in the morning but it doesn't look the same every morning because that's you can't do that when you've got a young child and if I wake up early I'll do it if she's still sleeping. If I wake up to her as my alarm and I wanted to sleep in a bit, I like my hubby will go for a surf. I wait for him to get back. Then he takes her. Then I get to go and do it. Like it just looks a little bit different. Or if, if it doesn't get done in the morning, which I really try to do because it does set up my day, then when she goes down, it's the first thing I do. Don't care how messy the house is. I don't care that there's washing to be done. As soon as she goes down, I do me first. Mm. You know, that whole put your mask on first before you help other people, you know, your oxygen mask, I'll clarify. <laughs> as, a, as a little really um, cheeky, a cheeky, um, yeah, going. Um, yeah, so I, I just, I just feel like we, everything we do when you become a mum can have the potential to be revolved around being that caregiver and you, it, it can only last for a certain amount of time before you just go, all right, I need I need a little bit of me back now. And I feel like doing those practices, whatever they are for you, like meditation and journaling, free writing, can I just say as a practical tip here, free writing is for me has been, it's like someone referred to it once as a brain dump. She's like, you go to the toilet every day to get rid of your toxins. Like this is like it's it's emptying your mind and it's when set yourself a timer, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, whatever, you are not allowed to take your pen off the paper. 
You just keep writing and you can start and many, many a time I've gone, I don't even know what I'm going to write. So I actually write that. I go, I don't even know what I'm going to write. I don't have anything in my head today. This is boring. And then if I go blank, I start doodling. I just do not take my pen off the paper. And then eventually stuff starts flowing. And it's I kind of liken it to the analogy of, you know, what if you've had plumbing work or your water's been off because you've had, a, a you know, some water issues or something at home. And then when you go to turn the tap on for the first time after a while, you know how it kind of spits out and it's a bit disjointed and there might be brown, murky water first. And then the longer you leave the tap on, it, clo- it, it flows clear and there's, and it's, it sort of goes back to um, normal. That's kind of like when, when we're writing, you know, the first bits might be a bit jumpy and sketchy and they don't make a lot of sense and p.s free writing doesn't have to make sense it's not a novel that's going to be published no one needs to see it it's literally you know mine (laughs) yeah important to note you're not writing like the next you know jk rowling book like you you, you're just doing you're just emptying out like think of it as a brain dump think of being like sometimes I'll stop sentences and, oh, I want to write something else and then I just leave that sentence behind and I keep writing. And it's just, it's literally just getting words out of your head. Um, and I found that as a practice first thing in the morning. Sometimes I, I, I swap. Sometimes I do it before I meditate, sometimes I do it after. Um, but I find that to be just so therapeutic. And some days I'll write like 10 pages. Other days I'll be like lucky to write a paragraph. But I just you just go with the flow. You just, and that's, again, that's that intuition. That's listening to your body. It's same with exercise. You can't pound the pavement every day when your body's screaming for you to stop and do a stretch instead. Like you have to listen to your body. Yes, for sure. And I think with uh, journaling, because it's the whole rage these days in the last few Mm. years, I always suggest that, like you said, it's like, it's like purging before you actually start writing. Yes. 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 And getting all the crap out, clearing the way. Getting the the shit out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, um, what did I do? I said a quote about it. It's not my work, but it's for my work. So even though the the words that are coming out on the page, and sometimes, look, they may turn into like this incredible, thought-provoking, insightful post that I may share, but it, it won't necessarily be that, but it will help other ideas. It just, yeah, it just clears the way. It quietens the chatter and allows you to hear what your soul, your inner self, your higher self, whatever you want to refer to that, you know, and everyone knows what I'm talking about, like whether it's you call it gut instinct, intuition, whatever, there is something in there that's always trying to communicate with you and we need to, and this is, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this and this is kind of where I'm going with my work and my offerings now is you. I think the reason so many people don't get what they want of life is because one they don't know because they never give themselves the time to actually listen and two they don't have the confidence to go after it because they've got so many old limiting beliefs that are in the way and they have no idea how to dismantle them and this you know journaling and free writing and all these creative things all they're doing and it sounds so simple but they're just giving you the space in a world where you don't get much it's mm-hmm. it's so powerful just to sit and be still, which is really hard because in the polar contrast to what we see everywhere, everything's buy now, get now, get it faster, get this in eight weeks, get this in two weeks, get this in 24 hours. Like everything is more, 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 more now, 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 now. So when we're, you know, when we're acting in opposition to that, we've got, it's almost like little alarm bells in our brain going, what are you doing? Why are you sitting still for? You've got so many things to be doing. Like even now, I mean, 
I, I, I hear that sometimes, but instead of that being volume 10 boombox style, like in your face, you have to listen to it. It's like this tiny little whisper and I can, I'm, I've done the work enough not to completely get rid of it because, you know, that's the brain's job. We're wired for negativity. It wants to keep us safe. So it's never, we can't eliminate it. I hate when I see all these things of like eliminate fear, smash fear. I'm like, Hello, fear yes. keeps you from not getting run over by a bus. Like fear is pretty freaking important. It's just that survival. we just need to, it's survival, you know. It, we just need to change our relationship with it. We need to, you know, not get ourselves in the fight or flight situation over, you know, a bad email. Like back in the day when it was a saber-toothed tiger coming to eat your ass, like, yeah, sure, freak out about it. But now, you know, we're, we're constantly in that state. So, yeah, sorry, that's just a little side distraction. I hate when I see this, smash your fear, get rid of your fear. Like, like oh, my God. Ego, right? Like everyone yes. like, get rid of your ego or the dark times or all these. You can't get rid of it. It's part of you. And it's just as important. We actually learn a lot from the darkness, all the shadows. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't see the light without the dark. Like you, you, shine, you shine your light out in the middle of the day. It's not going to make a difference. Turn all the lights down. Mm. Hello, I can see the light. Like, sure. Yeah, it, yeah. You truly, I think, from my own personal dark times, let's say, or challenging times, it's with those that have given me the gratitude for the light, you know, for the incredible times, for the beautiful mm-hmm. times, because without the darkness, we don't truly understand the light. I 100% agree. And we've all got different darknesses. We've all got different challenges and they won't, no two peoples will look the same. And, you know, you can sit in that, oh, they've got it much worse than me. Or you can be like, no one knows how bad it is for me. I promise you someone's had it worse. Yeah. Promise you someone's had it worse than you. Not to negate what you're feeling at all, but there comes a time where you have to look at what you're experiencing and you have to go, am I going to let this define me? Am I going to sit in this darkness for the rest of my life or am I going to choose differently? And that's where I was with, you know, blaming the world for not being pregnant. Another um, thing that happened that, again, I remember was on in my kitchen, I was having a really dark, really dark time and I was just like screaming, crying, going, why, why, what did I do? And it was almost like not that I, like I didn't hear God's voice, whatever you want to call it, but it was, it would definitely come from within. It was like nothing. This is just the way it is. And I remember it literally stopped my tears in their tracks and I went, oh, oh so I haven't done anything wrong. I'm not being punished. This is just this is just the way it is. You know, there's that powerful saying, you know, it is what it is. And, and you, you're you the one that attaches all the things to it. I'm not saying it's not going to be hard and it might feel, you know, that whole, what is it, pain is pain is necessary, suffering is, no, pain is inevitable. Mm. The suffering, the suffering is a choice. And I, I really understood that in that moment. I went, okay, well, I can continue this pity party. <laughs> and blame the world and stay in anger or I can ch- choose differently. But that, you know, and I, and I understand that that's very hard to hear sometimes because we get really attached to those stories. We get really attached to, no, but I've got it worse. This is bad. You don't understand. But they're just stories. And if they're stories that have been written by someone, they can be rubbed out and rewritten. And, you know, I, I hate, I don't want to sound harsh there. 
No, and it's it's all perception. It really is. Sometimes we need to actually remove us ourselves and almost like look into ourselves. Like in look at us from a bird's eye view. Like look at the scenario mm, in and zoom out. Well, yeah, like a third person almost, and sort of say, "Am mm. I seeing this correctly, or is it because I'm actually in the middle of it at the moment that I can't see it properly?" Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And it, it is perspective shifts in, is all really really powerful. I love that you shared that though on you know, really beating yourself up and not going to baby showers and things, you know, you know, being very open here. I went through a challenging few years, I suppose, when I was in my early 30s where I was like, well, what did I do wrong? Why haven't I met someone? Why haven't I Mm. yet? You know, I'm 36 this year. I'm still childless, you know. And so I went through a phase where I was really hurt spending time with my friends that had birthdays for their kids or they were doing mummy-daughter dates. And, you know, you go through this where you just, there's this, you're so happy to see your friends happy and their experiences. However, there's this deep sadness of pain that's always arising oh, yeah. because you're lacking what they have. And mm-hmm. I totally, you know, resonate with what you're sharing there. And it's it's not from a place of, you know, being a horrible person or not actually genuinely wanting your friends to be happy. It's just this sadness of mm. feeling like you're missing out. Yeah, and it's being human too. Like we're definitely... Oh you know you you can't switch that off like if you do it's it's it'll manifest somewhere else don't you worry you know the body the body always keeps the score so it's 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 fine to feel like that but it's just when you sit in it and you suppress it and you don't do anything to make it better for you um that's you know that's when you you, you do spiral down that darkness and, and it gets and it's the, the longer you stay in there the harder it is to get out yeah, for sure. And that it comes back to that perception, right? That perspective mm. that we all need to have a little bit more of sometimes. Yes, 100%. So let's dive into some positive stuff then. Yes, I know. <laughs> that was getting very deep, wasn't it? So I know like just from watching what you're up to and reconnecting and, you know, um, seeing all the magic that you've been doing, and I guess this has um, come off the back of the experiences you were just sharing with us, you're diving mm. into a lot of creativity work, creativity work Mm. lately so is this is this something that you believe is helping you regain that confidence again or is this a new version of Nicole or what's happening there and and tell us a bit more about that side sure um it's it's not a new version of Nicole it's reconnecting with the Nicole that was always there and had been ignored which and I believe the you know a lot of people go I'm not creative I can't draw to save myself and all that it's like Creativity is not always found in a box of crayons, you know. You don't, you, you don't have to always be a, an artist in that traditional sense of paintbrushes and, and crayons and pencils and all of that. Creativity is sitting in silence. It is spending time in the kitchen whipping up your favourite dishes. It's setting a table beautifully with a floral centrepiece and making sure that the napkins are, you know, got a beautiful bow on them. It's picking your outfits out. It's putting your makeup on. It's gardening. It's crosswork. It's, um, you know, it's, there's so many components to creativity. And the beautiful thing about creativity is that it really fosters that flow state of where time kind of stands still and you look at your watch and go, oh, my God, you know, I've been in the garden for two hours or I've been painting for an hour and I only want to come here for 10 minutes. Like it, it allows us to access that flow state really beautifully and it gives us, like I said before, it gives us that space. You know, how many times have we, you know, you might have a, a troubled relationship or you can't think of a 
and a solution for something at work, and but you know you, you stick at it and at it and at it. It's like picking an old saw, and nothing gets better. But when you step away, zoom out, completely remove your attention from it. You know, sitting there painting or singing or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, that's what I can say. Well, that's what we can try, or we haven't thought of that yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I think it's when we. It's almost when we're not focused on the problem or challenge and we step yes. in and we ingrain ourselves or engross ourselves in something else that it's like, bang, there, you're like, ah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. And I really 100% believe that that is the key to giving yourself the space to listen to what those nudges are, you know, and creativity is a beautiful way to do it. Like, whether it be moving your body and dancing. Oh, my gosh, I've just started heels classes. Oh, oh hello. I did is. one. I did a pop-up one in Brisbane two weeks ago. Oh, did ago. you? Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, but it's just for anyone that doesn't know, it's literally like permission for women to own their sexuality and move their bodies in a way that shows that they love their bodies with no judgment, like the vibe in those classes, I was a bit like, oh, you know, all these girls like dancing, you know, body rolling and, yeah. you know, snapbacks and all that. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And everyone just, woohoo, go, go. Like the vibe in there is amazing. And I tell you what, I wrote a post about it the other day. Like I, and this was another thing that happened and I'm sure a lot of other mums can resonate. Like you really lose your, your sexiness. Like you feel like it's gone. You literally go, I'm like a, a vehicle now that birthed a baby and now I'm feeding the baby and now I'm keeping the baby alive. It's like all your jazz and magic yes. is gone, you know, and you just don't feel sexy. Mm. And I think it's so important to regain that because we all are, you know, we've all got that fire within us. And I tell you what, we were grinding and doing all this stuff. And I just walked in the house. I was like, oh, I am hot. Like it was just so empowering. Imp- empowering it was beautiful and I tell you what like I'm booked in for next week I'm like I am growing again and again like moving your body and that's another thing I've started exploring too is and not it doesn't have to be a choreographed dance but just putting like tribal beats on or some just sensual music or just stuff where you can just move you know like we are energetic beings like we need to catered to that energy that sometimes gets stuck like if it's stuck what do we do we can't just sit down and keep working at it we've got to shake like literally shake your limbs out or move and and the same thing like when you're painting and you're getting lost in the in the canvas or you're singing or you're playing guitar and by the way full full permission to suck at it like I'm not telling you to pick something that you're really good at you should sit hear me playing the guitar it's, it's like the worst but I love it because I get to sing singing I can do guitar playing not so much and but I'm just I just sometimes sit down with the guitar and the, the only three chords I know <laughs> and I just you know and I just play or I'll just I'll open up the mindful coloring books and I'll just get some pencils and I'll sit there for five or ten minutes because mm-hmm. one of the cool things about mindful coloring in and, and a lot of art it engages both hemispheres of the brain so it makes it really hard to think of anything else it actually is in your favor to stay zoned in on that page or whatever you're doing and that's again why we can access that flow state so beautifully and then go oh my god uh it's an hour and I'm meant to be here for five minutes so I really think I've found my calling I guess because I have gone through this experience and I'm still going through this experience of making it a priority to dance or paint or sing or whatever 
Um, and it's just, it's literally, it's, it's transforming my life in front of my eyes. And I just go, oh my God, I want everybody to experience this. I want people to make art for art's sake, like not to sell, not to, you know, and you're entrepreneurial like me. It's like when, to, when you're good at something, you're like, oh, can I turn this into a business? Like, no, this is the complete opposite of that. This is not, and I went there, I started painting. Like, oh, maybe I could sell it. I was like, oh, my God, Nicole, just paint. Like I had to, I had to stop. But it's, it's, it's so liberating to just paint because you want to or dance because you want to. Like it's just... It's yeah, really liberating. Be something or make something of it. No, just exactly, it exactly. And I feel like so you know, choosing whatever artistic, creative endeavor that you want. One, it allows you to hear and listen to those whispers and those nudges. Um, and then two, it also starts to give you the confidence to actually act on those. So by taking small risks in safe environments, like those heels classes, mm-hmm. you know, by doing those, by going to a painting class, by going to a singing class, by going to, you know, by choosing an outfit that you would never normally wear in public, but you really want to because that's just you. Like making those small little risks is like flexing that confidence muscle. So many people think you're just born confident. And a lot of people will go to me, oh, but you can talk and do this and blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years. Like I have been in front of it. Like for those that don't know, I have been doing TV commercials and modeling for literally 20 years. I got my first gig when I was 18. I turned 38 in a couple of months, like 20 freaking years. I'd want to know something about it, right? But I still... Every time before I go on a shoot, particularly if it's a big one or if if I'm about to get on stage and talk to people, I still have the butterflies. Like so many people think you've nailed it when you don't have butterflies. No, 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 I still get them. They might go a lot quicker and they don't overtake my entire body. But for me, butterflies and nerves and that's, that's like, that's letting you know that you care. Yeah, it's excitement. Yes, yes, it's excitement. So so, yeah, like I, I just feel like this, conf- you know, people go, oh, you're so confident, Nicole, it's easy for you to do. No, 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 no. I have done this like thousands of times. You know, I'm, I'm soon to be putting together a, a course that will address, you know, confidence. And, I mean, I've got my, my one-day retreats and we chat about that and I'm going to do a five-day little mini course I'm just putting together as a bit of a taster. But, you know, one of the exercises will be film yourself and watch it back. And I know that that is going to cripple so many people. So many people probably drop out because they won't do that. But I tell you what, once you get that out of the way, particularly if you've never done that before, you go, oh, you know, so many people go, I hate the sound of my voice. No, you don't. You just, you're not used to it because you never hear it. Once you hear it over and over again, you'll go, oh, that's me. (laughs) That's actually what other people hear. So it's, there's nothing wrong with your voice. You just, you've never heard of it. So it's just taking these little steps and, and confidence to me, it's not just about being standing on front of the stage, speaking in front of thousands of people or being, you know, behind the TV camera. It's, it's being able to have the confidence to have those hard conversations with our loved ones. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to post about what you really want to post about on social media. It's um, wearing what you want to wear and not caring what other people think. It's about making choices for your family and your children that have nothing to do with anyone else and believing in them. It's telling your boss to 
go stick it. If they're treating you like crap, it's asking for a raise. It's, it's all these little things. Like confidence isn't just in front of a camera or on a big scale, whereas a lot of people can, I feel like they confuse the two. Like they're like, oh, I don't really need confidence. I'm like, we, you know what, this time in history right now, we all need to yeah. have confidence. We all, there is no better time in history right now, than right now for the world to hear your message in the way that only you can tell it. And I feel like so many people... I was one of them. You compare yourself very, very quickly to other people. But like, let's take you, for example, you're a coach, right? How many other coaches are there? Cazillions. <laughs> but nobody coaches the way that you coach. Nobody has the insights that you have. Nobody communicates with their clients the way you do. That's your secret source. I said on the podcast the other week in an interview, I was like, you are your secret source. Stop trying to look at what everyone else is doing. So once you give yourself the space to hear those messages, to hear what you really want, to get clarity on things, you've, you've got to understand that the way that you tell your message is unlike anyone else. Like nobody else, like out of seven and a half billion people on the planet, there is not one other person that can give their message the way that you do. And I like to think of this um, example when I was uh, grade seven going into high school, I was the only one going to a state school. All my other friends were going to all of the other local um, private schools. And mum was like, you're going to this school, rah, rah, rah. And I was like, I don't want to, you know, doing the normal teenage thing. And then didn't matter what mum told me about the school, I didn't want to go. Then a family friend who went to a state school and was very successful in his life was talking to me going, why wouldn't you want to go there? This school has this, 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 you know, talked it up. And all of a sudden I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to that school. So he was saying, he was telling me the same thing mum was, but it wasn't getting through. So I needed him to tell his message in the way only he could tell it, even though it was the same one as my mum's, but I didn't hear it coming from mum. So people like will go, oh, no one's going to listen to my message. I'm telling you, there are people out there that are waiting for you because they can only hear it from you. Like there'll be some people listening to this podcast today that would have clicked it straight away and went, oh my God, I resonate with Nicole. And they're hanging on to every word. Others would have been like, meh. She's not for me. And that, like, that's life. So you've just got to really take hold of that. No, my message is important and people do need to hear it in only the way that I can tell it. Yes, I love that. And it's, it's like that saying, you know, you could be the juiciest, ripest peach in the world. Of course. Like peaches, they're not going to like you. 100%. They're not going to like you. And it's, and it's got nothing to do with you. You know, we, I, I feel like we tend to make everything about ourselves as humans, you know. Uh, it's just a lot of the time, you know, things don't have anything to do with you, especially yeah, if it's revolving around other people. That's right. And the people that we admire may not be and that can, we compare ourselves to it may not be the same people that other people admire and compare themselves to and they're looking to you because you're more relatable or you're more like Exactly. And I like, I mean, a lot of people in the online space go through that. I certainly have where I'm like, well, you know, why would someone come to my retreat? Like, or why would someone want to do this with me when there's X, Y, Z? And, and then you talk to them and they're like, who's X, Y, and Z? Like they've never even yeah. heard of it. But in, in your mind, they're like the the, the queens <laughs> yeah you know and, and it's funny like you know and people like yeah the people that you put up on a pedestal other people have never even heard of exactly and that's mm. why it's just staying true to who you are and shining your light and that's all you need to worry about exactly 
So tell us about this retreat then. We'd love to hear a little bit. I'm so excited for this, Beck. So it is going to be in the Gold Coast hinterland on Sunday, May the 30th. So it's a full day retreat with the option to, if you want to go that one step further in investing and and, um, pampering yourself, there's overnight option as well. But we will be doing free writing. We'll be doing meditation session. I will be singing and I have my sound bowls. We will be doing an art class with an incredible artist, Sandy, who's just, oh my God, the work that you can create under her guidance. Like you will leave having painted something that you'll go, I cannot believe I did that. She does. She's amazing. So we're doing a watercolor session with her. We're having a fully catered chef lunch. And then we've got an, oh, with bubbles and wine, if you would like. We've got a dance movement session. So again, like I was talking about, it's not a choreographed, certainly not going to be the heel session. So don't worry about that for anyone that's going, oh my God, you had me until you said that. It's going to be more of a movement, like moving your body um, in a dancey kind of way, but not a choreographed dance. Uh, we And then, so if you're going to be staying overnight, there's massages, another chef-cooked dinner, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll follow the next morning with a beautiful breakfast and a yoga session. And, of course, everyone gets amazing gift bags because what's what's an event without a gift bag? But it's real. It's, it's limited to 15 women. It's at this stunning place uh, in the, uh, out the back of Gold Coast. It's like a Hamptons six I think it's seven bedroom. Seven bedroom house has been transported to the Gold Coast. It's beautiful, wraparound verandas, two story. It's set on, I think it's just under an acre. I, there's a beautiful swimming pool. Might be a little bit chilly, who knows? But if you're up from down south, it, it might be warm for you because we're a little. We think it's cold in Queensland, but it's totally. actually twenty one degrees, and it's pretty- yeah. <laughs> it's actually not that cold. Um, like today, I've got a jumper on. So, <laughs> yeah. I think it was 23. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, it is going to be a real deep dive with like minded women. Um, you know, there's that power of connection. And I think, you know, like, yeah, online courses are great. Obviously, if you're not in the time zone, you can't come to this retreat. But Investing in yourself to then put yourself in the room with other people that also want to grow is it's it's priceless. I mean, you've been to events like that. They're just you walk away going, oh, I would have paid triple because I got to be in the room, the connections I've made, what I've learned about myself. So I really I want it to be, and it and it's it's designed for women who are hearing and knowing that there's a little nudge, there's a little whisper, but they just don't know how to access it. And obviously the tools throughout the day will help you access it. It's for people that don't feel like they have the confidence and they want to have, again, practical tools. Because I'll also be doing, oh, sorry, I completely forgot, I'll be doing like a masterclass on confidence as well. I'll be doing that at the at the end. And um, I'm hoping we can get some really great photos of people as well. So if you ever mm. want to professional photos of yourself, and I'm going to do that sort of closer to the end of the day where you've, warmed up, loosened up, rewritten some old limiting beliefs and things like that. So, yeah, and it's and it's also, again, for the woman who just has not had time to stop and just knows that if they keep going at the pace that they're going, shit's going to hit the fan, basically. <laughs> it sounds so amazing and I'm actually in Sydney that weekend, so I'm devoted because I haven't seen my parents for like 18 months because of this. Yes, of course. Pandemic. 
But um, it just sounds so incredible and the place looks amazing when mm. I was sussing it out. The, all the info is on your website. Well, obviously, yes. that in the show notes for everybody. Yes. It just, it sounds so beautiful. And if you do another one, I'm there. <laughs> I will be. Don't you worry. I've already sussed out the next place. <laughs> awesome. And there is so much, like you're saying, there is so much power in immersing yourself in the environment mm. and doing mm-hmm. activities because there's, you know, you do these programs online. And if there's not a lot of activities and you're just tuning in and listening, you don't get as greater result is when you're actually implementing and doing the work right there and then. Yeah, the, the transformation comes in the action. You can listen all you want, but nothing's going to change until you actually start doing something. Yes, exactly. So before we wrap up, I'd love to ask you if you're currently reading anything. So I know you and I have both read an amazing book recently. Mm. What is in your ears currently or by your bedside table? Okay, so I've got a couple on the go. (laughs) (laughs) We all do us book lovers. (laughs) I know. I have got, and if you haven't read this, I highly recommend The Buddha and the Badass by by Vishen, I can't remember, Lakani, I think. He's the guy who started Mind Valley. Nice. It's it's incredible. And also in my ears is Peter Peter Kelly's The Earth is Hiring. Oh, I love that. That That's great. It's an awesome one. It's amazing. So today has been absolutely amazing. You know, you're such a beautiful woman. I'm lucky to call you my friend and, you know, all the journey you've been on, I know there's going to be some women listening and really relating to what you've shared. Is there anything else that you'd love to leave with us today? Oh, I think we've covered so much, but I just want women out there listening that I know that there's a part of you, particularly the mums, you know, this is more tailored to the mums. I know that there's a part of you that is that is is really wanting to just drop that title of being a mum and honor that part uh, honor that part of themselves that has nothing to do with the mum and I promise you it doesn't make you less of a mum it doesn't make you a bad person it is actually going to be the opposite if you nourish and nurture that side of you um, not only will you show up better for yourself you'll show up better for everybody um, but you showing up better for yourself is key you know be, like you're your number one you're your number one and I just I think we can forget that as mums I mean as women in general but as mums it's it's a it's a big one when you when you have to look after another human being you kind of put your needs last but yeah just do it for you love that that so much so where can people find you join the retreat or connect with you online yeah, so my home uh, on the World Wide Web is www.nicolejoyinspire.com and it's at Nicole Joy Inspire on Instagram as well. I don't really use the other platforms. Instagram and my website's pretty much all I do. Instagram's where it's at anyway, really. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been such a pleasure to have you and for you making the space and time while your little one's asleep. I really I know. She's it. still asleep. How good is that? Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. <sighs> Thank you so much. Well, I'm sure after today's episode, you can see exactly why I have had a friendship with Nicole for some time now, because I totally respect and love her and have the most amazing conversations going on between us. And it's really cool when someone opens up and shares the depths of who they are. It's what creates connection, right? And so whether you're a mum listening to this or you're not, I hope you still got a ton of wisdom out of today's episode. And if you're on the Gold Coast and you want to check out Nicole's workshop, please do. I'll leave the address the web address in the show notes so you can go check that out and don't forget come and say hey uh, in the dms on instagram you can reach out to nicole and say hello as well and if you feel called to do screenshot 
tag me in your story so I can reshare as well. Until next week, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.